Welcome, everybody, to the Look at All That Juice podcast. My name is John, a.k.a. Sirius, a.k.a. Juice, and welcome to episode one. I started this podcast mainly because of my streaming. For two years now, I've been on Twitch uh, doing what I think is what I do best, which is just entertain and play video games. I have to say, though, that since I started, um, streaming has filled a void. It's filled a void that I didn't know even existed. Prior to streaming, it was just a regular routine, work home, work home, weekend, maybe go out to dinner, see some friends, spend time with the wife, then boom, week starts over again. Then streaming came around and it's it's giving me such a great purpose. It's become such a big part of my life now that I've basically built my entire routine around Twitch. Now, some of you may think that I'm crazy for doing that. Twitch should just be a hobby. Content creation isn't a real job. And you know what? You're probably right. Especially at my age, I have no business chasing that dream of trying to be this big name on the internet. But I have to say, streaming has just made me so happy. And I can't explain the fulfillment it brings me to look forward to my streaming days, to uh, plan what I can do next and what other ideas I can come up with. It's just giving me such motivation to just continue and I'll explain everything as we go on but I wanted to give everyone an introduction as to who I am how I started streaming because I know when I did start streaming a lot of people were actually quite surprised to see the level of effort and production I was trying to bring to the platform for my first time everyone has their story everyone is different so I wanted to give you my introduction to how I got started so bear with me I hope you I hope you enjoy the story. So I'm going to take you back way back. Back in the time. Back in 2009, I was like about what? 26, 27 years old. I think I was 27 years old at the time. And I was working three jobs. I was working at a restaurant called Harvey's out here in Canada. That's like a burger, burger place. I was also working at a video game store, video game franchise called Microplay. And at the same time, I was looking for my career job. I was looking for something stable. I knew I wanted to start a family. I wanted to get married. I want, I had all these ambitions, right? And so I was working at three jobs. The third job was a garage. During this time, I think it was 2009, this is when the first Fast and the Furious movie came out. So I was all into modifying cars. I was all about that the car scene as well at that time. So I ended up getting an apprentice job working at a uh, garage that specialized in uh, car alarms, stereos, custom work, that kind of thing. So I was on the grind. Even back then, I was working my ass off to like make that money. During that time, I was working at those three places. And then one day, I just had enough. I couldn't do everything. And I made a decision where I was just going to commit to the video game store. So I quit as a manager at the, at the burger place. I quickly, I quit the apprentice job and I've never, I was, I was the happiest at this moment. I was making any money, barely making any money, but I loved working at Microplay. And this is where I met two people. I met a guy named Adam and Harley. And this is going to make sense later on is why I'm mentioning it now. 2009. I worked at Microplay, I want to say for about four, about, I would say about five or six years or so. I remember meeting Harley for the first time, or one of the first times rather. Um, he came into the store, he was trading in his Super Nintendo games, 
Ninja Gaiden, that kind of thing. Collectible games by today's standards, for sure. And Microplay, like any other place that buys your stuff from you, will give you like the minimal credit, minimal store credit, minimal cash. And I think he wanted to buy like an Xbox game. I don't remember which game he wanted to buy at the time. But I remember telling him that, dude, don't do it. You're getting scammed. Just keep your games. I still I still hope he kept his games, though. <laughs> so he kept it. So I actually told him, don't sell his games. We didn't make any money that day. We could have, but I told him not to do it. Uh, I remember back when the 360 was released. This is when we were all addicted to achievement hunting, at least myself and Harley at the time, and his buddy Sterling. We were into achievement hunting big time. So because we had access to all the newer stuff, we would rent games as well from the store. It was so easy for me just to get these games, bring them home, play the shit out of them for the two, three days, bring them back. At one point, myself, Harley, and Sterling, we were the top three or top four in the world with achievements, with the Xbox achievements. It was so funny. I remember one time when Harley came into the store and he brought me the hard drive from the 360. So for those that don't know, the Xbox 360 had a detachable hard drive. So you can actually detach this hard drive, bring it to your buddy's place. It was amazing. You didn't have to bring your system over to anyone's house anymore, as long as they obviously had an Xbox. So Harley and Sterling would come by the store. They would hand me their hard drives, and I would play the games while I was working. It was so fun. So a few years later, uh, myself and Adam came up with the idea of the possibility of buying the store from the owner because we just loved video games so much, right? And we imagined turning the store into like this lounge type of area. People could come by and hang out, play games, obviously, and just just talk about games all day, sell, trade games, do whatever we want to do, right? We decided to, to go to uh, these places. I believe it was called the BDC. It was a, it's a place in Canada that hands out business loans for people, for young entrepreneurs. The place was called the Business Development Bank of Canada. That's what it was. So we went there and I remember they gave us like a crazy interest rate because obviously it was a, it was a risky business venture. I remember talking to, uh, speaking with Adam's parents. I remember talking to my mom and I just remember uh, there was just something that was going on. And I was just like, you know what? This is a bad idea. This is a bad idea. And I remember, I distinctly remember when I was in the car with my mom and my mom was like, okay, are you ready to go inside? And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do this. This is where a light bulb went off in my head. And this was that moment. This was like three, four years after starting at Microplay when I realized, you know what? It's not working. This is a risky venture. Let me go back to school. I went with Oskeet, one of my IRL friends. We went back to school. I went to, I think it was a business something, business, not business administration, but it was some sort of business class. I forgot what it was. And after graduating or after getting my certificate, I ended up getting my first real office job i worked at this telecom company selling conference calling services i felt i was on top of the world it was my first time where i had a real job a real quote-unquote salary i was i was i was reckless i have to tell you i was reckless i'm i'm going to restaurants i'm ordering steak and wine <laughs> i'm going to wendy's yo you guys got steak and wine <laughs> so i thought it was never going to end and then around 2000 Jeez, what was it? 
I think it was like 2013. I'm all over the place with the years, but that company ended up getting acquired by another company out in the U.S. And they moved everyone, all the sales positions, everything. They moved, they moved everybody out either overseas to the U.S. Like it was messed up. And I became very depressed. I was like, nah, man, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. It was during this time that Harley became the South boss. He started Epic Mealtime and he was blowing up on YouTube. I remember watching him on the uh, on the Jay Leno on the late night late show with Jay Leno, whatever it was. I still have that episode recorded in my PVR. And I was just like, my God, this guy's making it. He's doing it. You know, it inspired me to, you know what? Let me start a YouTube channel. I, I can get my friends together. We can talk about video games and I, I think I can make it work. I could do it. I could do it. I brought all my friends together, Mr. Christopher Tattoo, Superstar Meth, Oskeet. <laughs> we were all in the room. I remember I was like, what's the name that we're going to come up with? And at the time, we were all into Gears of War. We loved that game. Like every night we would play online and we would just kill it. Just us, you know? For the name, I told them that I didn't want to think of, I didn't want to give a name that would box us in to one genre or to one game or whatever. It was Mr. Christopher Tattoos who came up. How about look at all that juice? I'm like, look at all that juice. And I was thinking like, yeah, you know what? It's a good idea. And look at all that juice. It could mean anything. It could be everything that we do, you know? Everything rolled into one. So I was like, there you go. Look at all that juice it was. And it was born like what? This is now nine, eight, nine years ago now. So the segment we filmed was called Last Level. So we would take or we would ask one of our friends to come on the show. Preferably someone who doesn't play games on a regular basis, non-gamer. And we would have them play the last level of a game of our choice at the highest difficulty rating. So the first game we chose, obviously because of the name, was Gears of War. We would have them play the last level, and I would coach them how to get through it. I would sit next to them and encourage them and whatnot. The, and the production value, I have to admit, the production value was on point. We had two DSLRs. We had multiple uh, audio, uh, recording devices for the audio. It was insane, and I absolutely loved it. But after recording the first episode, I had no idea what the editing process was like. I didn't touch Adobe. I had no idea about audio recording. And it was a mess because we had audio sources that were separate from the video sources. So to sync them up, and also I had to go to Skeet's place to try and edit the video. It was a nightmare, and I knew after that day that it wasn't going to be easy. Unfortunately, the video idea fizzled out, but I was still intrigued by the whole process. I still believed that something could happen out of this channel. So I decided to learn about editing. I practiced a little bit. I got a little bit better. I started doing my own videos here and there, but I wasn't consistent enough. It was really just to practice the video editing, the filming. And turns out it was obviously a lot more difficult than I expected. I had tried to release videos once a week, once a week turned to once a month and once a month turned to a couple of months. And next thing you know, the channel was pretty much dead. It was around these years where I would bump into Harley and Adam. Adam was working at the bookstore at the time. I would see Harley at his place. He would invite me over to some Epic Mealtime episodes to watch. 
and it, we would catch up and it was fun they, they both would mention streaming here and there i remember one time i was talking to harley and he was telling me hey you could try streaming you know you can do it after work i was like no nah, i don't have time I, I i i don't know it's not for me i remember seeing adam at the bookstore and adam would tell me he's like hey you know uh, John, why don't you do some some streaming, you know? You should give it a try. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe another time. I was trying to get my career going, and I was kind of upset that the YouTube channel was dead. So I was very disheartened from getting into social media, even though I still wanted to keep up with it. About two or three years later, I ended up getting hired by my old boss from that first career job I had, that, that conferencing gig. And he was starting up something new, invited me over, we had my interview, whatever, and then I ended up getting that job, which was really good. It was a very comfy job. The money was great. But something in the back of my mind was telling me, you know what? You got to think of a plan B because based on what had happened before working with these same people, you never know where the job could take you. So you got to think about like, what else can you do? Think of something so that if you were to lose this job, at least you'll have a backup. And it was at this moment where I took my love for making these little videos on YouTube to something else where I was like, you know what? Let me do marketing videos. Let me do videography work. I've seen people, I've been to weddings. I've been to special events. I've seen these people film it. They make good coins. So I was like, you know what? Let me give this a try because I do love editing. And it was at this time where I was like, okay, let's start a company. I had no idea what I was doing. I still don't know what I'm doing. I decided to open up a company called MTL Minds Media. And this was a company where I would make promo videos for companies in my area or weddings or birthdays, whatever it was, you know, just to get behind a camera, record. I remember going to my first job. I, I mentioned that I was going to do it for free and I wanted to practice. It was a it was the same friend who came on to the last level show and she had a cafe. I had no idea what I was doing. I took my my iPhone. I don't know which iPhone it was at the time. <laughs> my tripod i had no lighting nothing i was like yeah i could do it needless to say it was shit it was one it was my first video ever i don't ever want to see that video again it was like six minutes long it was it was absolute garbage like i did not like it at all it was at that moment where i just i wanted to improve i didn't want to give up i didn't want to give up so i searched online i was looking for um videography courses and this is where I found one. At the time, it cost about $2,000 US. But thankfully, your boy didn't pay that much because I got that Black Friday sale. And I think it was like 1200 or 1300 US, which is still a lot of money, right? But I said it's going to be worth it. And it was a filmmaking course where I learned about video composition. I learned about color grading. I even learned about marketing and promoting. And it changed my life. I learned so much. I met so many wonderful people. When you join this class, they put you in touch in this Facebook group and you start talking to people in the industry, whether they're just starting out or seasoned veterans. I'm talking about film production, TV production. You pick their brains, you talk to them, they give you tips and tricks. And I, you know, I slowly improved. I slowly improved my video composition. I improved my editing. It took a long time to get to where I'm at now. When my video skills started to improve, obviously you have to upgrade your equipment. I bought the cameras, the lighting, the SD cards, the hard drives, the software. I threw about $10,000 into my videography company and it was well worth it. But 
obviously very expensive. It was it was doing well. I was getting gigs. I was doing videos for companies. I did a couple of weddings. It was I was making a name for myself. It was going very well. But then 2019 came and we all know COVID happened. And for the most part, at the very beginning of COVID, because I was back to selling conferencing services, it blew up. Like it it was big money like it was incredible i ended up making so much at the job or i was becoming so comfortable at that job i didn't give a shit about social media anymore i was like whatever i'm making money you know i don't need this shit but it, it was it was bad because i ended up dropping my video company i didn't upload as much on youtube and again i i fell in that trap where i was like you know what this isn't gonna end it's gonna be cool it's gonna be good but i jinxed myself because 2020 rolled around and this was the time where even though the business was booming, it was only a matter of time that the uh, inevitable happened, which was companies started looking for free services. This was when Zoom came out of nowhere and was just like, yeah, we give you all the services for free. And I remember at that time, I ended up buying my secret labs chair, my cyberpunk secret labs chair. I remember making a video for Instagram, just spinning the chair to like this Drake song. <laughs> it was so funny. I just, I ended up making this video. I remember when I watched it, I can tell you with all honesty, hand on heart, I was thinking shit's about to hit the fan. I know something's bad's going to happen because this has happened before. When I start having way too much fun, when things are going so well, something bad's going to happen. And sure enough, it did. The free services took over. And it was, it was a bad dream. It was a fucking nightmare. Overnight, I lost my job. Making 80 to 100K, gone. I was like, what the fuck? What am I doing, right? Obviously, I was, I was in the shitter again because I let my job define who I was. I let the money get to my head and I thought it was going to be forever. Thankfully, I was able to find a job almost immediately, but I didn't love it. I was working in a warehouse. I was a supervisor for, it was a union type of job, and I, I hated it. I absolutely hated it. Thankfully, another opportunity came around, and it was a work from home type of job. I was like, okay, cool. Let me, let me do this. It was a little bit less pay, but it was okay. You know, I just wanted to be happy. It was at this moment where I was working from home. And I wanted to have something play in the background, just radio or whatever. And I remember I was thinking about Adam and Harley and I was like, fuck, let me, let's turn on Twitch. What is this Twitch? You know? So I leave their, their, so I left their channels online. I see Adam, AKA duo MTL. I would watch his show during my break. I would leave it on the background. I would watch Harley when he would come on. And I was just amazed by how much fun they were having the interaction the the comedy behind it you know it was just so fun just typing away and chatting with your friends it was it was something it was something beautiful and i loved it and i was like man i can do this is this what they were talking to me about <laughs> i wasn't sure right it was also at this time since i was working from home as soon as my work computer turned off i turned on the xbox played some call of duties played some warzone with my buddies after a while, I was like, hey, I can play Warzone. <laughs> I can play Warzone on Twitch, right? I was watching a lot, lot of Dr. Disrespect, a lot of Tim the Tatman, a lot of Nick Merckx. I was watching all these guys playing online, playing Warzone. 
I was absolutely enthralled by Dr. Disrespect. And you can see in my setup the similarities with the green screen effects, the presentation, the production. I was like, man, I can do this. This has got to be. This got to be. This has got to be something that I can do, right? And that's when I called Adam, come by my place, take a look at my setup. He looked at my computer, helped me out. So I looked around to see, I did some research and I was like, what do I need to start streaming? And I realized, holy shit, I threw 10K at my videography stuff. I have the lighting. I have the cameras. Like I have all the equipment, everything I need to start streaming. Like I can do this. Not only was the camera that I had suitable for streaming, but it was one of the recommended ones. It's a uh, Canon 80D. It was a DSLR. So I was like, holy shit, I can do it. I can, I can make this work, you know? I was uh, streaming on an iMac, by the way, <laughs> which is the absolute worst. I remember speaking with Harley as well, and he was like, you're using an iMac? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you're going to need a PC. I'm like, why? It's fucking powerful. It's like, it's like a $5,000 computer. And he's like, no, trust me. It's like, bro, trust me. You're going to want to switch. You'll see. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and sure enough, this thing was struggling. Like, I remember during my test streams, I was trying to run 1080p at 30, 30 frames. It was chugging along. Like, it was not, it was not doing it. I don't know how I did that. Did it for like a year, but it was chugging along. I had to reduce it to 720 at 30. So it would run smoothly. Harley would check it out. He was like, okay, it's cool. And I was thinking, I need some presentation. So immediately, before I even started, I went on Fiverr. I looked up transitions, which I found out were called stingers. I was like, what the heck is a stinger? <laughs> I looked up that. I looked up emote designs, even though I wasn't even an affiliate. I had no idea you had to be an affiliate. And I set everything up. So it was like, I wanted to make it look like I've been streaming for a while. And then on October of 2021, that's when I fired up the stream for the first time. I still have that first VOD, by the way. And it was, it was something. I was nervous. I was sweating. It was, it's a funny VOD to watch. I still have it. So if you're listening to this podcast and you want to see that VOD, hop on over to twitch.tv slash look at all that juice. Stop by the channel and let, let me know that you listened to the podcast and you want to see that VOD. And I'll show it to you. I'll proudly show it to you. It's embarrassing. But hey, we all got to start somewhere, right? Then a few months later, some more IRL friends started showing up. And big, big shout out to MacMedi, G4G. They believed in what I was doing. And G4G is actually a, a professional graphics designer for, for the, in the commercial space, right? And he's the one that dressed up the stream even better. He was just like, okay, stop going to Fiverr. I got, I got something for you. Set me up with a nice lookbook, <laughs> gave me the package, gave me the proper stingers, gave me the trans. Like, it was awesome. Like, he gave me the emotes. It was incredible. So I, I'm, I'm forever grateful for Mac and G for, uh, for helping me out with that. And as, as they say, the rest is history, you know? I've now been streaming since then. I haven't stopped, save for a couple of times where I stopped streaming because either we lost electricity, power outage, or uh, one of my uh, pets had passed away, so I didn't stream for like a day or so. You know, here I am, more than a year later, going on our second year in October. And as I mentioned earlier, this is one of the best decisions I've ever made. It's given me the platform that I've always been looking for. 
it's given me the the opportunity to meet so many incredible people i'm headed to twitchcon in a couple of months like this is insane i the amount of things that we've accomplished on this on this platform is just i don't know it's unfathomable <laughs> it's unbelievable what we're able to accomplish on this stream we raised over $3,000 for ovarian cancer. We're going to do another charity stream this year. We've celebrated so many milestones, follower goals, sub goals. Like, it's just insane. I wouldn't change anything for the world. My only regret is that I wish I had started sooner. <laughs> I wish I had listened to Harley and Duo back when they mentioned it. I was too scared to commit. But now that I'm in it, it's... It's insane. And the amount of people I've met on the platform, I would never have imagined, especially at my age, to have a circle of friends that only got bigger. Normally, as you get older, you have less and less people to talk to. But now I can barely keep up because I've met so many awesome, awesome people. I hope this gives you a bit of more of a clearer idea of who I am, where I came from. And for those of you who are listening, who have made it to the end of this podcast, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you. And if you are thinking about streaming, give it a try. I promise you, you'll have fun. Obviously, there are some caveats to streaming, which I'll get into other podcasts because I'm here to help out the new people or keep the current streamers, if you are streaming right now, to keep you motivated. I will get into that. But for now, if you are thinking about streaming, definitely look into it. Definitely give it a try. So that's the first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you want to check me out, I'm on twitch.tv slash look at all that juice every Mondays and Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time and every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. I am doing a charity stream on September 29th to raise money for ovarian cancer. So I do hope to see you there. I will be making more episodes, 100%. I really enjoyed this. I'm going to try and aim... <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing it again, aren't I? I'm going to try and aim for maybe once a month, maybe once a week. I know I Googled, I Googled this and I asked the question, how many episodes or how often should I make a podcast? And they're like every week. I'm like, God damn it. So we'll see. We'll see. But for sure, for sure, this is going to be a regular thing. Thank you again, everyone for jumping on and listening wherever you may be listening on your, maybe you're in your drive home, drive to work. You know, wherever you may be, in the shower, ooh-woo. <laughs> but we're definitely going to be making more. I am hoping to interview some other content creators, other streamers, get their insight in streaming. And stay tuned. We're going to be talking about more stuff going on in the Twitch world. We're going to be talking about video games, video game news, video games, all that good stuff. And uh, stay tuned. In the meantime, check me out on twitch.tv slash look at all that juice exclamation g fuel for 30 percent off your next order using coupon code l-a-a-t juice at checkout thank you so much and i'll see you next time i need a catchphrase stay juicy stay juicy everybody <laughs> all right have a good night everybody kisses mm -hmm.